Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here again for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesdays. Coming at you again for another week. Got one of my favorite guests, uh, probably one of the guys that I've had on the show uh, the most. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, I'll let you decide. I uh, actually rather enjoy uh, talking to Sean. Welcome again, Sean. How you doing? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, good to see you and good to talk to you. Uh, one of these days, we'll um, be at a game together where they allow fans and cheering and all that uh, fun stuff. And I for think sure. that uh, I think that might happen this year, right? The, the plan for you is to go out at some point. Maybe we can plan the Oilers Live Cup around that. Like, yeah, you'd be the special guest, of course. That'd be fun, <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, it'd be I- it would be a blast. But we're here to talk. show off my stick hand. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, show yeah. off my stick handling. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd love to have you on the ice and play in the game, and that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Should I? Uh, I guess the question is: Should I draft you on my team, or should I let uh, Dursa draft you on the other on the other side? <laughs> He's uh, to be honest, too, by the way, I'm kind of a stay-at-home defenseman myself, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> says I wish you'd stayed at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're here to talk draft today. I, I know just off air, like moments ago, we were uh, we were talking. You're kind of done with it this year. You said the draft and and that for various different reasons. I mean, there's you know, it's a, a year unlike any other, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, what's what's your thought on it? I mean, just in in terms of that. I mean, you. What did you mean by that? Let's expand on that. Well, it's a long, it's been a long year. Like I realized the other, the previous draft was only what, nine months away or nine, nine months ago, but man, this seemed like a long year. And I think a lot of it had to do with just so many leagues stopping and starting and, and guys, you weren't sure where they were going to play, you know, staying up till two in the morning to try and catch some games overseas. And it just, I mean, it was a long and exhausting year. Um, I'm just, to be honest, I'm just glad it's over with. Yeah, I uh, I hear you. It's um, it's been uh, it's been a weird year, obviously for hockey, not just not just NHL, right? But I th- I think that it's been tougher for like the juniors, the minors, all of those leagues, right? It, you know, here in Halifax, the Q had you know how many times off and on, and then even the amount of teams that were playing and and where they were able to play and how they played was all. You know, every time I went to go catch a Mooseheads game, by the way, they put the uh, province in lockdown. So I stopped uh, buying tickets because <laughs> I felt you were bad. You were I, felt bad somewhat, I felt somewhat responsible. I hear you. Yeah. So, I mean, let's um, let's talk. I want to catch up because uh, you know, I I come on to the oilnight.ca. That's the website where people can find your your stuff. I watch you on Twitter all the time. Uh, but you're constantly changing the site and you're changing who you work with. And tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about the Oil Night uh, Prospect Network first, and then uh, let's talk some draft, entry draft. Yeah, so the goal is, uh, or the goal was anyways, to to cover Oilers prospects in all leagues. And then I have a couple of guys, uh, Spencer Pomodi and uh, Loic Rainville, uh, cover the Q and the, and the WHL for us. And I was going to cover the OHL. That was kind of the plan. And we're really kind of CHL focused. We weren't really going to focus on too many other leagues or or prospects other than the CHL and Oilers prospects. But of course, like we said, this season kind of changed everything. Uh, but moving forward, that's that's kind of the plan, just to kind of keep fans updated. Um, obviously, we don't charge anything for the blog. Everything we do is is for free for the fans, uh, which I'm pretty proud of. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just like I said, I'm, I'm kind of fortunate being in in Ontario, being in this market to kind of provide content to a different market in Alberta, you don't really have, you know, much access or privy to the OHL. So I just try and provide that content and, and fans seem to enjoy it. So we've had a good thing going. We've been doing it for about five years now and just going to keep on doing it, see what happens. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? I mean, there's so many. You're based in London. So many yeah. great players have come out of the London Knights organization. So you've had a chance to watch. Uh, you're a London Knights season ticket holder, right? Or, or at uh, least you go to a lot right. of games. <laughs> yeah, my, my family is. I don't have yeah. them specifically. Right, but but you go often yeah. enough, if not all of them. Um, yeah. So you've seen uh, quite a few players. Obviously, uh, quite a few have come on, gone on to uh, be drafted by the Oilers or spend some time playing for the Oilers. Do you know how many? Is it like I, I can only, I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of two for sure, right? Bouchard and um, and Shrimp, but... Uh, like who else? Sam, Sam Gagne. Yeah, uh, Sam Gagne. Jeez, <laughs> people yeah. are gonna throw. They're gonna throw me off my own show. Sam Gagne. Yeah, that's a Na, uh, that's a big Na, one. Yeah, Knights that have been Oilers. Um, we didn't draft any. Did we draft Danny Savard or was that Philly? And then we traded. I can't remember. Yeah, but Savard was. Don't know. Yeah, Danny Savard was. Uh, he played for the Knights too. Um, other than that, uh, not many. I mean, Pat Maroon played for the Knights. Obviously, we didn't draft him, but we. Yeah. Where we traded for him, so there was one there. Other than uh, Shrimp, yeah, Shrimp and uh, Bouchard, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And then, of, of course, Gagne. Yeah, one of these uh, one of these times we're gonna have to um, chat uh, chat about uh, Robbie Shrimp because he really lit it up. Like when he was in the OHL, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he was. Uh, I, I remember when he went back and he, uh, he almost won the scoring title that year, playing half a season, right? Like he, he was something oh, yeah. else. Um, now yeah. he's, I think running a power skating school in New York somewhere, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, quite talented offensively if he could just get anything, uh, remotely <laughs> showing a defensive game, he might've, might've done something. Yeah. I just, I, I looked up real quick, Peter Ring, I, he was a knight too. I couldn't remember if Edmonton drafted him or if, if it was somebody else and the Leafs actually drafted him and he did play, he played in London and he did play in, in Edmonton. But yeah, Robbie Shrempa, I mean, he was phenomenal. Him and Corey Perry together on it yeah. on a team, a junior team, like that was just insane. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll transition into this, but a lot of what I do, I mean, when you do this long enough, you, you notice a lot of trends and you make a lot of mistakes, right? And with Robbie Shrimp, he was one of the guys that I really did think was going to be a legit NHLer. Um, I kind of overlooked his red flags and, and I figured, well, he's just got too much skill. He'll just make it because of that skill. And that's one of the lessons I, I kind of apply to this, even still in my system is, you know, don't be blown away by somebody's amazing skill, um, translatable skills. Red flags matter just as much. And, and, all these guys that Boston don't make it, they have glaring red flags, just like Yakupov did. And people just overlook those and nah, but yeah, but look how many goals he's going to score. Right. And then that's where everybody gets it wrong. So, um, and that's kind of what happened with shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, that, um, shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, a, what a junior career. I tell you, like I, I, I think a lot about that guy for some crazy reason. I mean, just the talent that he had that, um, you yeah. know, and, and not to make it, uh, in the NHL. I mean, obviously he played some games, but you know, never stuck. And, and, um, he's, he's a, he's your stereotypical though. Oilers love affair, right? Like, we get these guys in our head as fans that we right. desperately want to see. We know they're doing great in uh, in the minors, or they're doing, you know, or they're coming up from junior like Shrimp, and we're so excited. And and Oilers fans start yelling and screaming at whoever the GM is of the of the year. You know, get this guy in. Like, why don't we have this guy in? Right, and move him, move him, move him. Right, and then, right. <laughs> and then inevitably the following year, everybody's. Wow, we started him too soon, right? I mean, yeah. and, and and Shrimp though was um, one of those love affairs, if I remember correctly. Everybody wanted to see him play, um, and they and you know they got there. I think at that point in time, a lot of people knew what they were going to get. Like a lot of the, the people that uh, know hockey, they they understood what kind of player Shrimp would be, but they had hope, and uh, just didn't turn out. Anyway, this isn't about yeah. shrimp today. Let's talk some draft. Let's talk some entry draft. Uh, right. My yeah, my feeling on this year's draft. I know it is. It's probably tough from your vantage point where you're trying to look at these players and and you know give some type of a 
rating in your in your head in terms of you know what their uh, potential could be and and that. But as as an outsider looking in, a guy that doesn't do a lot of scouting, I mean, I you know I take uh, all my notes from the stuff that you do and and others do. Um, I, I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, I've I've now talked to three other folks on the on the show the last three Tuesdays all you know all scouting and analyzing draft prospects and yeah. none of them had the same top five yeah i mean to me that's kind of exciting I mean, other than the fact that this could be you know a big bust of a year or or it could be one of those years that's you know insanely deep and nobody knows right I mean, it's yeah. just uh, <clears throat> it's just impossible to know, and and we'll get into the talk about what the Oilers are going to do this year, uh, and I bring that up because Sebastian Costa is is a player that you know, I mean, he's he's big and he's done really well, but you don't have a you know the same body of work that you'd see in a goalie at this point to really understand if Costa is. I, I mean, I I think it's safe to say he's a legit first rounder, but. We haven't seen him play as much as you'd see other goalies play at any given time like this, right? So, so it's kind of well, ex- exciting in that regard. Well, yeah, and and I mean it's it's different too because and the, and the ratings or the rankings should be all over the place. And like from NHL scouts' perspective, they're used to going to the rinks and watching all these guys play, and they didn't get an opportunity to do a lot of that uh, with guys overseas, and then of course the OHL not playing and the QNWHL kind of you know starting up off and on again. Um, so they've had to adjust as well and do a lot of video scouting. And a lot of them have struggled with it and, you know, even publicly said that they hate it, right? They'd rather be at the ranks. So how good are their assessments going to be to begin with, right? And then, like you said, there's, um, I mean, it's it's so it's so wide open this year. It's such a weird year that you're right. It, it, it makes sense that everybody has a, a top, a different top five, including myself, which I think is a little bit, going back and looking at everybody else's it's it's you know quite different um but yeah it's it's an exciting year for sure and like you said it's it's uh there's gonna be steals there's gonna be guys that you know people slept on they didn't get enough video on or whatever later in this draft and i guess that's probably the most intriguing part or exciting part for me yeah yeah and and i mean that's the kind of thing where you you know we're going to talk about this a couple of years from now and uh, we're going to see some of these guys. I, there's, I think in the top five, it's safe to say, well, you know, I, I, it's, and, I, and I was thinking it was a top five up until about a week ago. I started looking at everybody, everybody else had a different top five, you know, so it's more like a top seven, top eight now is kind of where, you know, I've seen guys uh, anywhere from first to eighth on some, on some draft rankings. Uh, let's start yeah. with your top five. Who do you uh, who do you have uh, maybe in order on in your top five? Okay, so so my top five is, and I should preface it by saying, like when I do my top thirty one list, I don't do a mock draft. I don't want to get in the heads of thirty two or yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. technically the first round. There's Arizona's not picking thirty one GMs, uh, but I don't want to try and get in the head of thirty two GMs and try and decide who's going to take where, who where. One guy goes off the board and it screws up your whole draft. Like that's, I'm not into that at all. So when I do it, I, I, I mean, I start with a blank sheet. I mean, I, I look at the uh, NHL central scouting. I look at their list of all the, you know, the A prospects and the B prospects and ones rank C. And I just kind of go through there and I start with the A and I just start knocking them off. I start watching them and I make notes and do whatever. And eventually by the end of the year, I come up with my own list. It's, it's blank. I don't look at anybody else's consensus rankings. I don't care about any of that. And what I look for is NHL translatable skills and red flags. And then based on that, I make my assessments and I decide who I think is, whose game translates the best to the NHL, who's going to be the best NHL prospect 10 years from now. Not who everybody else thinks should go number one, who I think is going to be the best prospect. And doing it this year, the guy that stood out for me the most was Luke Hughes, Quinn Hughes's and Jack Hughes' younger brother. Um, he's number one for me. He's, he's, he's like Quinn Hughes. He can pretty much do everything Quinn can, but he's bigger, he's stronger, he penalty kills. And uh, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's, he's so talented. He reminds me so much of Kale McCarr. 
He's going to be a premier offensive defenseman in the league. He's got to shore things up a little bit defensively, but all offensive defensemen have to do that. Um, and and I'm pretty comfortable that and confident that he will be the best player from this draft. I see a lot of Owen Power, and I'm just I'm just not as high on him long term um, as a legit number one high scoring defenseman. And that's what I see Hughes as. So he's he's number one for me. Um, and then. Uh, number two is Dylan Gunther, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I've seen him all over the place uh, in the top 10. Um, for me, he is he's the best forward in this draft. He, he's got a lot of those. Uh, he's got elite hockey sense, uh, awareness. Like he just, I watched every single game he played, went back every shift of every game. And he just, I mean, he, he has the elite shot, so he's, he can score. Um, he's got great patience and poise with the puck. There's certain guys that just like Crosby and Stamkos that just have that feel. They just know what they're doing when they have the puck. They don't panic. They make all the right decisions. And Gunther does all that for me. Um, he's a strong, a strong skater. Uh, he's good defensively, 200 foot game. He can really do it all. He plays on the penalty kill too. Um, I just think he has elite hockey awareness and elite hockey sense, and he's going to score a lot of points in the NHL. Um, so he's number two for me. I think he's, I think he's the best forward, hands down. Um, do you want me to keep going, or yeah, no? I, well, I, I mean that's good. I, so you've got um, you've got Hughes at at one, yeah, and Gunther at at two for those uh, for those watching live. Uh, yeah. I, I mean that's um, I I've seen Gunther at two in a couple, um, mm-hmm. but I've never seen those two sort of one two. So that's uh, you know that's kind of off the board right away. Like typically. Um, you know, if you had Hughes, a lot of people have power, uh, power second, right? Or yeah. power first, Hughes second. I, it, but I've seen Genther in there where maybe somebody's not as big on Hughes and, um, you know, they've got him after, um, after power. So kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, from what I've seen, I, you know, I, I like what you've, what you've said about him. It sounds, sounds legit, right? Like it's, um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about Gunther. Well, and the thing is, too, like, I don't, I honestly don't think that NHL scouts do a very good job of scouting the WHL at all. Like, just even in a normal year. I remember last year, it was, um, what was it, March or April? Um, I was doing all my assessments. I was going back and, and I was looking at Tristan Robbins out of Saskatoon. Yep. And I remember thinking, why you know this guy looks fantastic like why is why are more people not talking about him so then i you know try to go on youtube and and uh and look for videos and highlights and that and, and go on twitter and see what everybody's you know who's talking about him and, and really nobody was right um so i had to make my own highlight video of, of tristan robbins it was like the first one on there on youtube and this is march or april um and i just you know showed the kid a lot of love and then you know once it got to may and june then some publications were putting out, oh, we were sleeping on Robbins, we were sleeping on Robbins, and <laughs> he started climbing up their draft boards. And I'm thinking, well, where have you been all year? Like, he's had a great year all year, right? Um, and and there's, there's plenty of examples of that. Um, I mean, I remember Elite Prospects even saying they didn't even, they didn't even scout him at all, really, until like June. Um, so I, I think sometimes, I kind of feel like the WHL is like the forgotten league when it comes to, comes to scouting and for me as i watch every game of gunther this year i watched a lot of them last year too he put up big numbers last year um i i think the only thing that people don't like or, or the reason why they have him a little bit further down i think they 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 feel he doesn't really drive possession a lot and that's kind of the new trendy thing you got to be a driver of possession or you're not really worth a top pick uh but for me he's certainly capable of doing that i think he's more of a smart patient player He'll rather dish and get open and, and, you know, he kind of reads the play a bit more where, you know, a guy like Lafreniere, for example, would just take the puck and put his head down and just skate through everybody. Uh, but there's a lot of similarities between those two, Lafreniere and Gunther for me. And that was kind of the, the ultimate uh, deciding factor for that. He's, I, I think he's a terrific forward. I think people are sleeping on him and I think he's going to be a great NHL. Yeah. And I mean, if you, um, you know, if your list goes, uh, that's the uh, Kraken that would get him. Obviously, uh, West Coast team, right? So, 
Well, again, keep in yeah, mind, yeah. this isn't a mock. This is no, mock no, draft. no. I know it's not a mock yeah. draft. If they took, I don't expect you based on yeah, your ex- list. Right, I don't expect you to go one, and I don't expect Gunther to go two necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually, I would be surprised if Power uh, doesn't go one. Uh, personally, all the talk about him and and that, but um, you never know. I mean, there's. Well, yeah, can I address that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have power 11th in my, um, oh, wow. <laughs> in my top 31. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, again, like if I tweeted out something earlier today, showing a redraft of the 2011 draft and a redraft of the 2012 draft, all the guys that are mocked I and mean, all these consensus one to 10, yeah. they never end up being the top 10 players out of any draft that never happens. Right. There's always guys in the teens or late first round or all the other rounds that, that end up 10 years from now being one of the top 10 best players, right? So this whole consensus thing, I get it for mock drafts, and I agree Owen Power will go number one likely to Buffalo, and they'll probably screw him up. Um, <laughs> but that's why I do the top 31 list. So I don't – because mocks – Mocks are meaningless, really. You're just guessing who's hundred percent agreed. Yeah, agreed. but you're not really you're not really showing or proving your your scouting ability by you know ranking them like how everybody else does. Right? Well, and, and and you can't. It's it's like you said. I mean, you, you know, once a player goes right, like it completely changes the way a GM thinks, right? Like they, yeah. you know, they they want they don't always take best available, right? They go, yeah. you know, if if their player goes at fifth. You know, they might have a completely new direction that would blow your mock draft out of the water, right? By a hundred percent, I, I agree. Or someone trades, like yeah, you. yeah, or yeah. Someone yeah. trades, um, but yeah, just with real quick with power, um, he's just—I mean, he's just not as good as some of the other guys on here. Like offensively, he's not as good as Hughes. He's not a better skater. He's—you know—he's not going to give you more offense. Um, and even a guy like Brant Clark, who's—you know—I'm kind of—I'm not sure about him. Um, I mean, I think too often people just look for the safe pick. They see power is solid in every area and he's safe. So that's why he's, he's the consensus huge, number one. Right. And he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're huge and you can skate, <laughs> scouts are going to love you regardless. Yeah. Like Simon Edmondson, you know, some people are talking about him potentially number one and they love him. I've got him ranked 31st and I wouldn't even take him in the first round. Like he's, but but they love that potential and that ceiling, right? And, and I think that's where they quite often they make mistakes. Luke Hughes is the best prospect as far as I'm concerned. He's going to put up the most points for defensemen, so he should be taken number one. We'll see what happens, you know, in five or ten years from now. But I mean, just look at his brother; he's good, and Luke is better than his brother. So yeah, I mean, they're they're yeah. like the stalls, right? Like they're they're just yeah. a hockey family, and they, you know, they're all. Yeah, they're exceptional. I mean, I I I did watch. Um, I I'll typically go and watch sort of the top five and see as much tape of them as I can uh, beforehand, yeah. just to kind of get a feel for what, who, and what uh, is going to be picked at the draft. But yeah, no, he looks he looks definitely really good. All right, yeah. so we've got uh, Hughes at uh, one for you, uh, Gunther in the second spot. Uh, who do you got in third? So third is uh, center Matty Beniers from Michigan. Yeah, um, I th- I think he's a popular top five pick based on what I've been looking at. Um, but it's understandable too. Like the guy is just an absolute workhorse. Like he doesn't stop on every single shift. He's got great speed. Um, you know he's 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 got high end vision. The work rate is just it's just incredible. Um, I know some people kind of think that he doesn't have the greatest shot. Uh, necessarily and they're not sure about his offense whether it's going to be high high end offense uh, but for me I mean he he really reminds me a lot of Dougie Waite back in the day a lot of people didn't think Dougie Waite was a was going to be a great scorer and you know they kind of knocked him a bit and I, I think he averaged for his entire career he averaged under 20 goals a game or 20 goals a season but he had over a thousand points in his career yeah and I think I think Beniers is a lot like that. He, you know, he creates a lot of second and third chances and he's just, his, his motor never stops. Right. And he's, uh, he's got good playmaking skills. He's a good passer. Um, he can play in all situations. He's so smart. He, you know, he, he kind of does everything. He, he has everything you look for. You just wish he had a bigger shot too to kind of complement everything. Um, 
but ultimately like he's still a he's still a five a five tool player for me he's the best center in this in this draft yeah. and i think he's going to have a long career even if he doesn't end up being a true number one center he'll still be a highly productive number two center so yeah i've got him at number three so i've you know i've talked to a lot of uh my past guests this month about this, because um, I mean, the interesting thing again with um, uh, Beniers is uh, he's a product of the um, NTDP program uh, as yeah. well. I mean, I like it. Just seems more and more we see that year over year over year, uh, the U.S. is really pumping out some really good quality NHL type of players. Right? Like we're not talking the um, you know we're talking like kids that can play the North American game. Uh, and, um, and it just, I, I think honestly, Sean, since you and I started talking, uh, three, four years ago, I mean, they're consistently top five picks, right. And, uh, you know, even, even this year in the NHL, they were making, you know, waves in terms of, uh, like Zegras, right. And, uh, Caulfield, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. You know, and and those and those weren't even the guys that we were really. I mean, we were talking about them, but you know, we still haven't seen what uh, Jack's capable of yet, right? I mean, he, you know, uh, yeah. I think you know he's. Uh, I think he's still got lots left uh, to go, and and of course he's in a tough spot being in in Jersey, but mm-hmm. I mean that program is just outstanding, and and uh, not a surprise that Beniers is is part of that. All and right. your boy, and your boy, yeah. and your boy Brady Kachuk. Don't forget him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I love right. him too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know. We'll uh, we'll talk about uh, Kachuk style players right away because I've asked, um, and, and we'll get there. But uh, okay, number four, who do you got? So number four is probably going to shock anybody that does mock drafts and all that. But um, for me, I don't care. <laughs> I really, really like Nikita Chibrikov. Um, anybody that watched Sons of Anarchy, I like to call him Chibs. Chibs <laughs> um, is a, uh, I mean, he's so incredibly skilled. He's got some of the best stick handling and, and puck skills in this draft. He's an explosive player, very dynamic. He can kind of do the whole Barzell thing where he'll you know do circles in the offensive zone around you and look for an opening. Uh, but he's real gritty too, and he, he battles hard. Uh, I just, I mean, it's... I see a lot of Panarin in him, like as far as the high end offense. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's not the greatest player defensively. He doesn't always, I mean, he comes back, but he doesn't always, you know, give it a hundred percent, but I mean, Panarin's an awful defensive player too. Um, but I mean, it just, just in terms of skill, speed, explosiveness, um, and determination work ethic, he's just, he's right up there for me. Um, I know a lot of people like William Eklund and, 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 and yeah. I mean, he's kind of a similar player, but I think Chibrikov has that, that high end skill and, and better finishing ability than Eklund. And he's more of a driver. Like he'll, he'll go right up the middle of the ice. And uh, when I was scouting the Oilers there, uh, Maxim Dineshkin and, um, and uh, Bereskin in there, they kind of bounced around a bit. In in Russia, in the in the VHL and the MHL, I got to catch uh, Chibs a few times there, and I was just kind of blown away, like, "Oh my God, who is this guy?" And then when they had the um, when they did the U eighteen tournament, uh, Chibrikov was they named him captain, team captain, and that was the team that had that Matvey Mitchkov as well. And uh, Chibrikov was the captain, and I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. He had the most points in the tournament um, for twenty twenty one draft eligibles. I think he he was much better in the D zone as well. He just looked like a complete player to me and in a, a real NHLer. Um, I already liked him going into that tournament, but once I saw him against you know the other team's best, the other country's best, that that kind of sealed the deal for me. Um, high offensive talent. Yeah. So you did you watch some of his K games this year? KHL. Chip? Yeah. Chips? Yeah. No, uh, MHL. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of like the, the OHL of, of Russia. Yeah. And yeah he, yeah, he was dumb. And the VHL too, which is like the AHL of the KHL. Um, 
he was dominant in both those leagues. Like he was doing stuff and just unbelievable, you know, stick between the legs and just, it just nonstop motor. He was, I mean, he, he is absolutely supremely gifted. A lot of people are sleeping on him too. They got him, you know, late in the twenties because they're not sure because he's a smaller guy and yeah. I don't know. They don't like his defensive game, whatever, but yeah, he's yeah high end ceiling for that guy. Well, that's interesting. So we'll, um, we'll chat about him because I, I think, you know, one of the interesting things this year brings up, right. Is, um, you know, there's going to be people sleeping on a number of picks that are going to, you know, be bonafide NHLers just because they, you know, haven't seen them play enough, right? And uh, yeah. and uh, maybe he's one of them, right? And if he's, um, you know, I've, I, I knew the name, but um, it, just like you said, I had to look at some of the draft rankings that I've seen. I've, I've seen him as uh, the highest. I've seen him as twenty third. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I, you know, I wasn't uh, expecting his name on the top five. But there you go, blowing out my. Uh, theory that there's even a top five this year it's more like now now you've got it into a top 25 <laughs> well again just go back just go back through all those redrafts right there's yeah. there's a ton of guys the kucherov is in the second mm. round in his draft right 53rd uh, overall i think was <laughs> kucherov there's yeah. there's no doubt in my mind yeah. no doubt in my mind whatsoever shiprikov is a top 10 talent in this draft easily top 10 top 10 skill for sure in this draft so you know whether he makes it or not. I mean that's a, a completely different story. And Edmonton has a horrible history of of Russians and that. Although Ken Holland has a good history with Russians, so I, I don't uh, I don't expect Edmonton to draft him if he was there at, at number nineteen. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get we'll get to that. But he's uh, he would be tremendous value if he was there. I think he's going to be a steal. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. Well, that's good. Uh, throw me uh, throw me for a loop once in a while. That's all good. <laughs> and number five, who you got there? Is this, an, is this another one that's going to be a surprise? Uh, yeah. I actually forget who I put number five. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Coronado here. Let oh, me yeah. bring it up okay. here. Oh, no, actually, I put Wallstead number five. Jesper Wallstead, um, the Swedish goalie. I was yeah. kind of, he was top five, six-ish for me there. Um, I think he is... Uh, yeah, like he's he reminds me basically he reminds me of Andre Vasilevsky. He's so solid. He just he sucks up all the all the shots, rebounds. He doesn't give you much. He's so fundamentally sound, and he's he's played in so many high pressure tournaments and situations, and he's just been outstanding. Um, I, I like him better than Askarov last year, who I thought was kind of I think his glove was a bit of weakness, and and you know he kind of struggled with the the mental part of the game a little bit, and throwing a stick all those times he had all kinds of issues there but yep. um as is, is is much more athletic thus or um wallstead is much more technically sound fundamentally he doesn't come out and take a lot of chances he's he's big in the net square to the shooter he's just there's a lot to like about him so when i do this list i kind of i i envision him as being a true number one goaltender and, and one of the perhaps the best in the NHL at some point in his career. So why not put him in top five? Um, so that's, so that's where I got him. Now, I, I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not even sure you could answer this question, but if you had the opportunity to run a, run a team as GM, would you pick a goalie in the, in the first round? If I was an older GM? Yeah. At 19, you mean? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, at 19, at anywhere, I mean, would you, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a scary proposition, right? Because at that age, you really don't know. I mean, we've seen some good goalies and, and for the most part, a lot of the great goalies in the league were never drafted in the first round, right? Um, well, okay. So let me address that. That's, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. It's a good question. So the answer is yes, I would. I would take Kosa at number nine. Wallstead's not going to be there, but I would take Kosa yeah. for sure. A um, couple things. So first of all, um, you know, this, this, there's this thought that, well, if we take a goalie, he's not going to be ready for a long time. We should take a forward, a high impact forward or something that's going to, that's going to play right away at number 19. You're not going to get a forward. That's going to step in year one. Um, it's probably going to take them three years to get there. They're actually going to have any type of impact at all three years. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Kosa, in comparing his numbers to, um, I went back and looked at um, Kerry Price, who played yeah, in, in the right. WHL. Yeah. 
and Carter Hart, who played in the WHL not too long ago, right? Uh, and I compared their numbers, and Kosas are right there with both of those guys. And he um, and and both those guys joined the NHL in their third year. They were in the NHL in their third year, and I think that he's. I think Costa has the ability to do that as well. And and with the goaltending, for so many years, you're right. There would be all these first round goalies, and they would all turn out to be busts, or they wouldn't pan out right. But if you look at it historically, in the last say ten years, it's actually been really good. Um, like Vasilevsky was taken in 2012. Yeah, he's a first. And we'll just look at the the final four in the in the in the NHL. Right? Vasilevsky is a first round pick. Flurry's a first round pick. Carey Price is a uh, a first round pick. And then um, who's the other team? Uh, Montreal, Tampa, um, Flurry, and then uh, oh my god, who did Tampa? Oh, and and Varlamov on the Islanders. Varlamov was yep. also a first round pick. So all four goalies were first round picks. Right. And then you look at Spencer Knight, who was a first round pick recently coming out for Florida. He looks really good, promising. Uh, Jake Odinger of of uh, Dallas, who I actually compare Sebastian Kosa to. He played this year as a rookie. He looked really strong, really promising. Um, even a guy like Jack Campbell was a first round pick a long time ago, and everybody kind of wrote him off. He's really starting to come around, yeah, too. Definitely. So, yeah. so I, I kind of I feel like up until about 10 years ago, that narrative was true that, you know, you could get goalies anywhere and you don't necessarily need a first round pick to have a goalie. But I think the track record since basically, you know, 2011, 2012, um, a lot of the best goalies are high end picks now. Right. And for a team like Edmonton, when you don't really have a lot of depth, you've got what Skinner. We're not sure about him. Konovalov's coming over from Russia. Maybe he could be something. We're not sure. Um, I, I think Coase is too good to pass up. I think eventually, and it's been a long, I don't know, 15 years or something, a long time since Edmonton has actually spent a first-round pick on a goaltender. Yeah, um, We've taken enough defensemen in Broberg and Bouchard. We've taken enough forwards that it's time to get our goalie of the future. He'll, be, he'll arrive the same time anybody else drafted at 19 will. Um, go out and get him because first-round pick goalies seem to be better developing now than they ever did before. Yeah, and Kosa, I mean, he's big. Like, he's a big goalie. I mean, he... Oh, yeah. yeah. And athletic. Yeah, and yeah. athletic. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the word that I hear on him, right, is, you know, for his mm-hmm. size. I mean, he moves he moves really well for his size. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've heard... You know, I mean, there's very little you can say poorly about a guy with that record, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. in juniors where, you know, they're lighting him up like, you know, like crazy. And he, what did he lose one game this year? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, but he only played his own division. So I yeah, have yeah. to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But what I actually did when I was comparing it there is I went back his year before because he's, he's an older birthday too. Um, so I just looked at his previous season last year and compared it to Carey Price and, and Carter Hart's actual draft year. And the numbers are still like right there. Like he still matches them pretty much. Right. So I'm pretty confident he's going to be a really solid goalie. You know, like you said, you don't find too many six, six goalies that can move like him. He takes up a lot of the net and he covers a lot of space, but again, goalies, goalies are voodoo. You never know, but I think you got to play the odds here and, and, yeah, so it's a good transition into, uh, you know, what your thoughts on the Oilers at 19, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, so, I mean, you're as as it sounds like you're alluding to, if, if uh, Costa's available at 19, which, yeah, most of the draft orders that I've seen have them at 19 or lower, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, which leads me to believe he will be available. But to your point, I mean, he's... He's shown some really good numbers, right? And and uh, he could easily go, you know, top fifteen, uh, depending on, um, you know, it's so hard to read a NHL GM's mindset. And plus, exactly this year is yeah. this year. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Um, you know, I mean, I I couldn't even wager a guess. I I did say I said to somebody on Twitter that I thought that he there'd be no way he'd be gone before nineteen, but. That was a couple weeks ago, and as I continue to think about it, I mean, you just have no idea. He could go in the top 10 for all I know, right? Like, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at history, history tells us that, like, there hasn't been two goalies go in the first round since 2012. 
yeah. when Vasilevsky and Malcolm Subban. So that's almost 10 years. Only, only one goalie is or none have gone in the first round. And just think back to last year, like how good was Askarov? How many people were pumping his tires and, and talking about how amazing he was going to be and, and how further ahead he was than the second place guy. And where did he ultimately get drafted? What was it? 11th? I believe Yaroslav, Yaroslav Askarov. Again, you said it's, it's, it's a different year for sure. And nobody really knows. Yeah. He went 11th to Nashville. So if he's the number one goalie by far goalie prospect, and he still only went 11th, then maybe Wallstead doesn't go till 10th or so. And then you're only looking at, there's about 18s between that and the Oilers. And what are the odds? Another goalie's going to go. Right. So, I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be available there. And quite honestly, I think Edmonton's going to take him. Or they should anyways. And if they don't, then they should just trade down or trade the pick for a legit NHL player. But I think he should be the guy they should be zeroing, zeroing in on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing to indicate that they wouldn't, right? I mean, this yeah. is, uh, you know, one of the nice things about their situation with Casa is, is the opportunity to see him there and and uh obviously they've i I guarantee you they've had conversations with them uh already and and uh talked to them whether it's around the rink or otherwise right i i mean i guess it's a little bit of a different year given the fact that they probably weren't allowed in the same room together um but um uh he was local he was local right so he was local yeah uh You know, I, I mean, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if, um, uh, what's his name? The goalie coach does some work with, uh, the oil Kings as well. That's the Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz. Yeah. I know he does work with the golden bears, uh, mm-hmm. the college team, but, um, I'm not sure if he's done work with, um, with, uh, oil Kings or not, but, but again, it wouldn't surprise me, right. Yeah. If he's done some work, so he'd know him. I, you got if he's available, you have to. I mean, my money would be easily on them taking him. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, now, let's say he's not available. I mean, what do you think the Oilers? I mean, you had a sort of a list of players on your site that um, you thought might be good good picks for for Edmonton. Is there anybody you'd be excited to see? see them get i mean uh, you know one name that you already said you'd have in your in your top you know five obviously you know you talk about holland and and russian players right but um yeah i mean that's that's one is there are there any other names that you think uh, come to mind that you might hope would be available at that yeah well three guys actually that come to mind so the first is is matthew coronado who i ended up having put sixth overall yeah in my list there um, he, he plays, uh, plays in the USHL yeah. and he's for Chicago and he's just, they're just a powerhouse. He, um, he is so incredibly smart. I mean, the stuff he does on the ice, it just all those little subtle plays that not too many players are capable of doing. Coronado does that. And you know, he's intelligent cause he's committed to Harvard. Um, he's just, he's got a nonstop work ethic and he scores a pile of goals. Um, I can't remember exactly how many he got. I think he got 48 in 51 games or something for Chicago. Yeah. Um, he scores from everywhere. He, he, he hustles real hard. Um, he likes to drive the puck, uh, drive possession in that. And like I said, he's, he's really intelligent. He's a 200-foot player. Now, I don't expect him to still be there, but if he is, I think he would be a great fit. The others would have to wait at least two years again because he's committed to, to college. Um, and then the second guy would be you had mentioned Brady Kachuk there before, a style like Brady Kachuk. And I think the guy that's probably the closest to that, um, I have ranked number eight overall, is uh, Mike Sillinger's kid, Cole Sillinger. Um, he, he's got an absolute uh, cannon of a shot. And uh, he's real abrasive. He, he plays a lot like Brady Kachuk. He doesn't really back down. He's real aggressive. Um, the knock on him a bit is, is, is his skating. It's not, it's not great. Um, but this day and age, and talking about like red flags and, and NHL translatable skills, I've noticed the last few years, I don't know if it's just there must be better skating coaches or, or, or better programs to help these kids work on their skating, but that doesn't seem to be as much of a hindrance 
recently as it used to be in the past. Guys can improve their their stride and, and technique altogether now yeah. in like a year or two. Like Tyson Forster was a great example last year. I loved that kid. And, you know, he was such a hard worker and he was so smart. I'm like, you know what? He's going to figure it out. He, he's not the greatest skater, but he'll figure it out. And then I saw all kinds of off-season things. He went to the skating school or something. And he had this private uh, skating coach and completely changed his the way he skates. And now it's not even an issue. And now he's a steal, right? Um, so I don't knock guys too much now with their skating, although it's still a concern because not everybody's going to do it. Um, so that's about the only downside to Sillinger is is the skating part of it. But yeah, he he would be he'd be a great fit. And then and then the last guy is um, is a real favorite of mine, Francesco Pinelli. He uh, he played for Team Canada uh, at the uh, at the U18s. He's uh, he could play center of the wing. He's incredibly intelligent too, and he's got real high end vision. He makes a lot of smart plays. He's got a good motor. And he can really shoot the puck too. I, I think he's probably one of the one of the best dual threats. He can either beat you with a you know creativity or playmaking skill, or he can just shoot and, and bury the puck. Um, so I like him. As I think ultimately down the road, it'd be great to have him as like a third line center and kind of work his way up. And he he penalty kills, he power plays, he kind of does everything. And he's out of Kitchener in the OHL. Real yeah. high character guy too, who who prides himself as a leader. And, uh, and I remember when he came into the OHL, they asked him one of his, uh, one of the questions, interview questions were, what is, uh, do you have any type of, um, superstition or anything you do before the game? And he says, yeah, I like to say a prayer before the game. So, you know, he, you know, he's a good kid, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, a high character kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see him on the Oilers too. So any one of those three guys I think would be great, but realistically, I would still probably trade down if Kosa was gone. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's. I mean, this that's awesome. I, I do have uh, some information. Uh, Kirk Morris, uh, who's watching on YouTube right now, says um, uh, Casa does a lot of work with. Uh, I'll probably get the name wrong, but Curtis Mucha, who is a former U of A goalie, uh, okay. who who no doubt did some work with uh, Schwartz. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's definitely a connection there. There's no Good. doubt. I mean, they would have seen um, Cosa, Cosa the year prior. Uh, you know, so you got to figure that, um, you know, there's a lot of, if there's, if, if he doesn't go to Edmonton, that's because they know something nobody else does. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's right. that's the way I would be thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't see why they would, like, if he's on the board, I don't see how you pass on him for yeah. another forward. That's three years away. Anyways, why not get your goalie of the future and stop this revolving wheel of, of, of goaltenders? Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's, what I find uh, funny is that, um, y- you know, I mean, as as we know, I mean, uh, Oilers fans are all over the place, right? You know, you talk about this um, potential of maybe picking up Casa in, uh, you know, for uh, the 19th pick. And, and there's a whole suite of fans that are, you know, uh, upset about it and saying, you know, why we need goaltending today. And then those same fans, though, tomorrow will be saying, why are we rushing this guy right into the league, right? You know, and, yeah. and so uh, it's just, you can't win, uh, which uh, which while I've got you today, we're going to talk, um, we're going to take a couple minutes and talk about uh, Ken Holland because, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know. All right. Let so, me take a drink. For, let me take a drink. Yeah, for this take, take a couple of drinks. We've got, we've got about, we've got just over five minutes left in this show. And uh, and a couple things I want to talk about. So while I've got you, yeah. I mean, normally we talk draft, but we've talked a lot of draft upcoming. Draft is yeah. uh, first round's Friday, second round Saturday, second through seventh on Saturday. Uh, be exciting. Um, they're doing it all by Zoom call again, right? Is that where are they meeting in person? I uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I watch the first round usually. Um, well, as you know, I've watched it with you. I think <laughs> most of we did a, we yeah. did a live draft one here. <laughs> we one did year. it yeah. live. That's right. Take Dobson. Take <laughs> Dobson. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you know, I've I've asked everybody by the way this past month, and yeah. uh, whether people care or not that are watching, I have got. Uh, we, of course, I'm in Halifax. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big Brady Kachuk fan. In yeah. fact, uh, um, 
I'm a Kachuk fan. Like I, I hate him, but uh, I, you know, the Kachuks play the style of game of a player that I'd love to have on my team, as you know uh, quite well. Yeah. Um, which is why I hate them. Uh, how about Zachary Larue? Where do you, where do you got a guy like this uh, going? I mean, he is, um, you know, he's that. Uh, you know, uh, piss and vinegar type of kid that's, um, you know, I think his his future in terms of this draft all boils down to how well he does in interviews because he's, it, it, you know, he's a talented offensive player and, and um, you know, it just, the problem is he sort of goes off the, <laughs> off the rails once and again, once in a yeah. while, kind of like uh, somebody who you'd know well, uh, Kadri, right? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. what what's your thought on Zachary? I'm not a bit I'm not a big fan to be honest. Yeah. And it's, it's it's not even just so much the attitude and and like the the undisciplined plays. It just he doesn't do much for me like there's even in the neutral zone like he he doesn't really carry the puck and he doesn't drive possession. He's really kind of he's good like from the circles down. And, and that's about it. Like that's his game is down low. Yeah. But everywhere else, I, I find him to be lazy. I find him to you know take shifts off. Um, poor work ethic. Not good decision making at all. Skates into traffic. Like there's a lot of red flags there. Um, on not and like I said, not even counting the character issues in that. I really he's one of the guys, and he's in my honorable mentions there when I I put the second part of my. Uh, top 31 out there. I mentioned him and a few others that didn't make my list, like Ken Johnson, for example. And uh, yeah, there's just, there's just too many red flags for me. I'd be surprised. I'd be really surprised if he went in the first round. I think he's going to be one of those guys that drops. I think he should drop. I have him like in the fourth, the fifth round, to be honest. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't, to to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even draft him. Yeah. Uh, there's just too many things I don't like about him. Uh, his game, not obviously nothing personal. I'm rooting yeah, for yeah, all yeah. these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes you have to clarify that. People think it's personal. Uh, yeah, I just, there's too many things I don't like about his game. So I would just, I would definitely stay away from him. But I, I, I do get the appeal. And could he be another cadre? Maybe. I just, I, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know that uh, I'd want a cadre on my team, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. up in the air whether or not I'd want a player like that. I, I think, uh, you know, and I've and I've watched LaRue play, you know, I like the player, actually. I, I don't I don't mind him. Um, but mm. I I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't know that I'd take a chance on him. Uh, it's um you know, we've got a guy who's coming up to free agency right now in the NHL with in D'Angelo that uh you know, <laughs> like just doesn't know when to quit, right? And yeah. uh, you know, it, I'd be surprised if we see him play in the NHL next year, right? He'd probably go and play in Europe somewhere. Or did real, he get signed today? <laughs> yeah, real, real quick. There's a guy from Halifax that would be a nice sleeper, like in the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, and he has the best name. He has the best name ever, Robert Orr. Another Bobby Orr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's raw, but he's got he's got enough tools. He's got good size and a shot and all that. I think he might be a you know a seventh round sleeper somebody to keep an eye on for it well i you know the um the guy that went fifth round last year was uh den wire den yeah yeah and uh, elliot. I, yeah elliot yeah. yeah i really like him actually yeah he's good yeah he's good and um you know i i felt like i feel like he's a bit of an underrated player and mostly because of larue on the team uh you mm-hmm. know they don't notice him as much but every time i watch him play like he you know, if, if he's got on games and off games, but when he's on an on game, he just doesn't give up. Like he's a little, you know, like he just keeps going and, and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and he's the kind of guy that can have a breakout game and really change, uh, change the outlook for him. But anyway, all right, enough about Halifax. We're not here to talk about the moose heads. I'm just kind of interested in LaRue and seeing where he goes. People have him yeah. all the way. Like I've seen him top 10. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that. How? Like, but um, he, he's he's consistently dropped. I think a couple years ago, people had him kind of looking like a top ten for sure. And then as, as he you know spits on more and more players, he kind of moves a little bit further down the draft order. And we'll see what yeah. happens there. All right, uh, let's talk. Uh, we've got a couple minutes. Okay. 
expansion draft tomorrow. Like tomorrow. Quickly. Uh, thoughts on Oilers' uh, protect list? Um, of course, you can't talk about the protection list without talking about the Duncan Keith trade. Yep. Right? Um, what's your all right. thoughts all around? Rapid fire. I think it was a horrible trade, obviously. Shouldn't have traded for Duncan Keith, period. Yeah. And the fact that you did, why are you paying all that money? You, they should have paid you to dump him. Um, should have protected Caleb Jones and kept him. He's going to be the better player. We're going to regret it three or four years, I'm telling you. Um, as far as the protection list goes, I think we should have protected Tyler Benson. He's busted his ass in this organization, and he's been dominant in the AHL, and he hasn't really been getting an opportunity. He's been patient, and to just kind of throw him in the wind, I don't like how Edmonton is treating their prospects. I think he should be protected over a guy like Cassian or Archibald, who I, I love Archibald, but you got to yeah. look at it long-term here and who's going to take Cassian, and if they do, they're probably doing you a favor, taking that contract off, off your hands so you didn't do anything in the playoffs or regular season anyways. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think I don't, I don't know what Seattle's going to do. I hope they take Jujar Kara. That would be fantastic. Um, the guy was on waivers and you want to take him now. That's great. He finished strong, but okay, great. But yeah, I'm just, I'm out of all of this. I'm just concerned with, and, and I don't think Tyler Benson's going to be amazing by any means. And I actually think that he'll probably eventually move on. Um, and he might not be a good NHLer, but I just, I don't like the treatment by the organization, the prospects, you know, not signing Blumel and, and two, they'll go in the HL and not even getting a game and sitting Bouchard for two months and, Jones Bear in and out of the lineup. I just I yeah. don't like what they're doing. They're they're too vet focused and they're sacrificing their youth, and I don't like that. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a good uh, quick hit. I I going into uh, the Duncan Keith trade, I was uh, still defending Holland in a lot of ways. More more on the line of uh, uh, despising Tippett for what he was doing with uh, with the prospects. But yeah. I can see this is organizational, right? Like with that, yeah. yeah, with that trade, this is this is more than Tippett, right? I think yeah. Tippett's a big part of it. But uh -huh. I, but either you know Tippett's pulling the strings, which I would think is is unbelievable, right? Like and sad, or yeah. or uh, Holland and Tippett are you know are fully aligned. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's a scary prospect for me. I, yeah. I, you know, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what happens, but he's got to do something now. Right. I mean, he's, um, yeah, cool. I, I don't get it. I, I was, I was 100% behind Holland, right. Until that, that trade. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was sitting back, I was, you know, I wasn't fully out defending him or anything, but I just, you know, I, I I had a lot of belief in in what he was trying to do. I think it was time for a patient GM in the organization. But uh, drafting Keith, I, well, the, <laughs> or not tra for trading for Keith, just well, it was super. Yeah. It was super rushed, and I said, "Why are you doing it before the expansion draft?" Yeah, and and, and the bio period. Wait till after protect protect Jones. Wait till after. There's no rush to get Keith now. He's not going anywhere else. He said he's going to Edmonton <laughs> yeah, or nothing. Yeah. So don't rush. Keep your options open. See what happens after the expansion draft and that, and then and then the price will come down. And if you really, really want them, and the team does need more leadership, you know, veterans, that's fine. But you can get them on the cheap and look at all the guys that got bought out. Instead, you, for inexplicable reason, you had to do it before the buyouts and expansion, and you got raped on it. So I mean, it's just I hate it. Yeah. I hate the tear. I hate the trade, and I'm. I'm done with Holland, to be honest. Like that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be negative. That, <laughs> no, no. You know just, what I mean? That's, come on. That's, that's that's terrible management. Terrible. That's the content I'm here for. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. That's how we're going to end it because uh, I think that's the perfect way to end it. I um, we're going to get back to talking regular hockey in the upcoming weeks. I'm going to have uh, Eric Friesen on. Uh, I got Bruce McCurdy scheduled. Um, Low Tide uh, is going to make an appearance. We've got uh, a number of different guests. I'm going to continue to do Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Mountain. I uh, get a lot of guests. I've got some uh, upcoming announcements that I think. Uh, are exciting, at least for me. I won't let them out uh, right now. Um, but uh, tune in. Obviously, tomorrow is expansion draft. We'll see what happens. What um, I think the big story is whether or not they take Carey Price. Uh, what's your money on? They're taking them or not taking them? I'm going to say they take them. 
<laughs> oh yeah yeah let's do it i want chaos do it yeah. it, w- it would be chaos i yeah that's it. Maybe that's, he's like maybe Price or kind of orchestrated all this in the background and made it look like oh I'm doing the, the team of yeah, yeah, in yeah. reality. Oh, that would be awesome. Serves him right. Serves him right. It is like so I, hard to bet against Price, isn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. he's such a good goalie, but that's a big contract and a great person too. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. Well. Okay. There you have it. Uh, and then, of course, draft is uh, Friday and uh, Friday and Saturday. So lots going on. They um, put out the uh, um, pregame or the um, preseason schedule today, I saw. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's starting to feel a little real. And it uh, looks like we might actually get out to a game. So stay tuned for that as well. All right. That's it. This is another And I will see you again next week. Thanks again to uh, Sean Patrick Ryan from The Oil Night. You can find him at The Oil Night. That's um, oil and then night is spelled K-N-I-G-H-T, like as in the London Knights. And then uh, you can find him uh, oil at, uh, is it theoilnight.ca? Or just, yeah, yeah, theoilnight.ca. All right. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, Just stick around for a minute and we'll close it up. Okay. Oilers Live Podcast